This program is brought to you by the University of Southern Queensland. Now I'm happy to welcome to the show Bamboo Bonsai for the first time. Thanks for joining me, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks. First things first, who are your most prominent influences and how do you think they impact your music? I'd say, um, obviously Kevin Parker has been like a huge influence ever since I've been really young. Um, that being said, like it's more as old records and moving into like the future, like I've, I've um, taken from some different influences. I really like um, Unknown Mortal Orchestra as well. Like, mm. uh, like the way they um, infuse sort of the heavy psych rock with some jazzy elements. And like, that's what I've always tried to do coming from a bit of a jazz background myself playing drums. Um, so like Unknown Mortal Orchestra and Tone Parlor are pretty, pretty big influences for me, I'd say. Yeah. Um, nice. And speaking yeah. of Unknown Mortal Orchestra, are there any particular albums from them? Or for them, is it more just through their catalogue? Um, probably like the latest two ones. Mm-hmm. More so uh, Multilove, probably. I like the... Um, uh, actually, a bit of both. Hey, like Multilove's for its... Probably Multilove for its uh, musical elements and uh, Sex and Food for its uh, production elements. That mm-hmm. and... Lonerism by Tim Impala, probably the two like biggest reference points for production, I'd say. Yeah. Um, nice, great picks, man. <laughs> and is there a story behind the project name? I guess. I mean, the way it sort of came about was obviously my name's Yusuf. But I didn't. I, I don't really sort of like the idea of it being me because if I play a live gig, I'm not going to be able to play all the instruments myself. Like yeah. I might do I could do it in the studio, but to be like, hi, this is Yusuf when it's going to be six other people on stage, it just sort of seems a bit obnoxious. And like, mm. and I never wanted the music to be about me. Like I wanted to speak for itself and to put me like that. It's me doing it. I, I don't know. It just, I, I've never been one for that. Like I, I wanted, I've always wanted to be in a band since I was a kid. I don't know. And so I was like, Oh, I'll just make myself my band. And, then form a band when I need to do it live because yeah, that's that's the funnest part, I guess. You know? Fair. And so how long ago did you actually land on the name? Oh, maybe like a month before I released my first track. <laughs> maybe, yeah. <laughs> so what, like, like this time last year, maybe a little bit later than this time last year, I was like, I've got, I, I was, I was stressing on the name so much. And I was like, you know what? At the end of the day, name's a name, like whatever. And I was super into bonsai trees at that stage. Uh, I was like, hmm, that'd be bonsai. That sounds sort of cool. I'll just go with that. Yeah. And no, it's, a, it's an intriguing like, name cool. for sure, man. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, I, I guess that's what I was going for. Like, cause there's no one else called bamboo bonsai. Mm. Like, so if you Google bamboo bonsai, it's not going to come up with someone else. So it, that's, that's, I mean, I guess a plus in a yeah. sense. Like that was the whole point trying to find a band name that doesn't exist, I guess. <laughs> yeah for sure and um at the end of the week you're actually releasing your third single which is called yeah. toxic human what can you tell yeah. us about that tune oh it's um it's a lot more i guess like rocky than my last two it's a lot more like psych rock mm. the, the whole, like the other two were a bit the first one was pretty uh sort of funk sounding and the second one was a bit jazzy it had sax and trumpet and stuff in it and this one's a bit more like psych rock it's got the core elements just two guitars synths drums bass vocals like it's very like a meat and potatoes like psych rock song it just uh i guess i hope everyone can relate to it it's a bit like 
when someone has a toxic human in their life and they've got to find a way to manage it without sort of cutting ties, I guess. And it's a, it's a big thing to do to, for your sanity and, and their sanity and keeping everyone around you sane, I guess. Mm. And that's where it came from. So, yeah, that's about it for that one. <laughs> and when, when we're emailing, you mentioned that the the track was written a couple of months ago. So did, did the song itself come together quite, quite quickly compared to the first two singles? Uh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing, like the first single came, I mean, realistically, if I write a song, I'll just, just write it till I finish it. But mm-hmm. realistically, the first one probably took the longest. The second one I wrote like yonks ago, but I sort of just reworked it heaps. Yeah. This one, I just sort of like sat down at the bass and came up with this bass line. I was like, oh, this is sort of cool. And then when I had the like, bass stuff, I was like, oh, I'll just put the chords over the top of this. And then I had the idea in my head of what the drums would be. And it sort of came together. And the full arrangement in like probably a week. Mm. But that being said, when I recorded it, I did change some parts out. Um, but yeah, like probably in, probably in a week or something, I guess. Maybe. Okay. And is that the first song that you started with just a bass line? Yeah, um, usually I probably start with guitar or I, I mean, actually it's the first time with bass, but really every song's different. Like the first, the first two were with guitar, but there's some more tracks that I have sort of just came together as like complete songs in my head, if that makes any sense. Like I just like sort of heard it in my head and sort of spewed it out on paper what, what everything was going to be. So every, every one is different. It, yeah, it, it really depends. Hey? Like it's, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to sort of quantify because mm. every like every time i write different so yeah how was the actual recording process was it much different from working on those first two songs um actually yeah like it was the first time i actually went to a studio so oh. that was cool so drums were like a lot easier to record <laughs> than my previous uh previous method which was go to uni rent out a rehearsal room and rent out a mini little recorder and um, do it all in one day, like all the drums and everything. But I mean, like I did it all in one day. Like I, I'm, I, I try and practice the parts hmm. as much as I can before I go in and then just do it all in one day. Cause I mean, it's just me. So I, I have nothing else to do at home. So I just <laughs> sit and play music. Um, so yeah, I, I had to re-record a few things at home, but basically everything was done on, on the day in the studio. Okay, and so where did you actually record? Just the just the QT in the in the QT studios. Nice, and just completely self-recorded. No, I had a guy in there help, like just operating the desk for me. Mm. Um, his name's Abel. I think he's a third year at QT. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, no, like I, I regards to mixing and stuff, like I did that myself. Um, and then I got it mastered by a guy in LA called Tony Blade. He's a friend of my brother's, and he's like he's a really good. Um, mix engineer and mastering engineer so yeah i got it mastered by a guy called tony blade in la but i yeah produced and mixed it myself and there was a guy sort of operating the desk for me like you see when i was recording nice and what was the first psych release that made you really fall in love with the genre oh probably i'd say solitude is bliss by tame impala i was like 13 years old and my brother put it on and at that stage i just played drums i didn't play anything else like that was the first instrument I played and I was just so like, I guess, amazed by all the sounds that like 
someone could make. Like it just was so irrational in my head. I didn't understand it. And, um, <laughs> and you know, I was that sort of really, I heard that song and I was like, Oh, whoa, like you can do really cool music. And I'd never been exposed to music like that. I'd only been exposed to like what was on the radio, like on the mainstream, you know, like B105 and stuff. And like, that was the first time I'd heard something of that nature. And from there, I guess I started playing, I, I, I thought nothing of it for like the rest of the year. And then I was like maybe 14, 15. And I started like hardcore listening to all the Tame Impala tracks. And then when I was 15, like I picked up the guitar and the first thing I did was go and buy effects pedals. <laughs> just, <laughs> I was like maybe playing for like a month and I just went and bought like three effects pedals. I like Googled like what were the most like psyche effects pedals to buy. And I went and, <laughs> I went and bought them and just started making like psych rock in my room. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess been trying to write songs ever since and I'm only sort of getting okay at it now but like <laughs> I went yeah I've been that's sort of when it started because I'd say the Tim Impala tracks like really influenced me Solitude is Bliss and like the whole Inner Speaker album mm. it's pretty like, influential I'd say yeah nice and is there a specific release that you've listened to the most so far this year one that you just find yourself revisiting oh a few I'd say um I would say the new, like, Tom Mish and News of Days album. Okay. That's been really cool. Um, especially the track Tidal Wave. Like, that's a really cool track. And News of Days, I think, is probably my favourite drummer at the moment. He's super, super, super tight and got really, really, really good feel. And I think that's a lot of the time, like, something you can't teach to just have feel like that. It's, he's, like, super amazing. So I'd say that one, Primal Heart by Kimbra is another one. Mm. Um I got into Kimbra this year for the first time and the track right direction has been like really cool. So that, that one. And then a couple of days ago, this uh, a producer called Maxwell from Sydney, he released, um, he released like a beat tape slash album. And that's really, really cool as well because like, that's another thing I draw from not with like Bambi Bonsai stuff, but like with just making music in general, I really like making lo-fi tracks as well. So mm. That and then Krangbin, I'd say as well. Krangbin are always, always on my, um, always on repeat. I just really um, love the Contour de Mundo. Like that album is just one of my favorite albums of, of the decade, I'd say. I really like that album. I listen to it all the time. Yeah. Nice. And now mo- moving on to more locally, um, are yeah. there any Queensland releases recently that have really stood out to you? Yeah, my friend Paddy Wilson. Um, he has a he has a project called Float Therapy. Yeah, that new gaffer, gaffer tape. I really dig that track. He showed me that track for the first time, maybe like a year ago. I remember, we were sitting in his car, and he was like, "Oh, do you want to hear this new track I'm gonna release?" And he put it on, and I've just I've been waiting for it to come out ever since. And like, I heard it, and I was like, "Damn, this is gonna hit really hard." Yeah, I really dig his music. Mm. Black Mannequin. He's an electronic artist from Brisbane. He makes like future garage sort of stuff. Oh, okay. Really, really, really sick. And I think maybe the end of last year, some stuff came out. I really, really dig that music. Sort of if you ever had burial or any sort of that UK garage stuff from the early 2000s, mid 2000s, really good, like really good music. John Marsden, he's my friend also. He, um, he just released a new track and that's really good. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of great like local talent at the moment. I think it's a, Brisbane's really a hot spot at the moment. Mm. Really, really Completely good. Completely agree, man. And 
what in your opinion is the most underrated Australian album of the last few years? Could just be an album that you didn't think get the lo- got the love or deserve. Oh, ugh, hang on, I'll read that again. What in your opinion is the most underrated Australian album of the last few years? Could just be an album that you didn't think got the love or success that you think it deserved. Um, how many years are we talking? Like five years or like two years? Or... Up to you, man. What whatever makes it easier for you. <laughs> yeah, but if, if you're talking like within five years, I'd say "Oddball" by Boss Moxie. Boss Moxie ah. is super sick. Yeah, and that are. album was like so amazing. And I, like I've known, I've known doig from boss moxie for a long time because my brother used my brother um um like it wasn't a it wasn't a band and like they just knew each other mutual contacts and yeah he's he's an amazing musician and oddball was such a sick album i used to listen to it so much and i still put it on now and again and i went and saw that show they did at the triffid mm. a few months ago oh and they put in such a great show they're really really good and um yeah, that's a definitely a very underrated. Or um, I don't know. I mean, everyone listened to it like rates it really highly. So, I mean, it's I guess it's just an album that is um, more people need to listen to mm. because it's really great. It's really yeah. really great. So yeah, for sure. And if you could make the soundtrack or score to any film, television show, or video game, what would you pick and why? Oh. That's a, that's a big question. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I I've, I thought of three in my brain just quickly. I think. Can I t- can I say all three? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I say number one has to be like Halo. Nice. Halo is just like epic. As there's just there's nothing really else you can say. Halo is just I I went through a big 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 phase. Seventeen maybe 16, 17 orchestral scores and mm. Halo wasn't one that the, it's just composed so well. Um, so Halo, I'd say maybe Skyrim is another one. <laughs> Skyrim is another great orchestral score. Yeah, for um, sure. And then maybe like a, a spaghetti Western film of some sort. I really, really like spaghetti Western music. So like the good band, the ugly, or fistful of dollars, or one of those, any of the ones that Ennio Morricone sort of scored in the late se- early seventies, I think, late sixties, yeah. early seventies. Um, oh, like I love those super minimalist approach with you know just like a guitar and electric, like electric guitar and like a a whip and like <laughs> people shouting like it's super low budget and it just sounds so. It's just done so well. Yeah. Um, Agree. Yeah. Great picks. And what else can we expect from Bamboo Bonsai in the not too distant future? Mm, it's uh, it, with, with the whole COVID restrictions, it's a bit difficult. I mm. was planning, I did want to like do like a substantial release this year, but with the studios being closed, it's uh, it might be, have to be pushed back to next year, but I did want to release an album, but it, it might not happen now with everything. And it depends on the studios open. If the studios open this, like soon, uh, I have to record another like eight tracks. So, uh, or it's like another six tracks or something. So, mm. if the studio's open soon, I'll be able to do it. Otherwise, it might be pushed back to next year. But as soon as venues open, I just want to play gigs. That's another thing. I love playing gigs so much, and it's uh, it's 
definitely something that's sort of missing from my life, not being able to play gigs. So I'd say, yeah, hopefully gigs, hopefully another release. Nice. And so the, all the tracks of that album are written? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've all, they've all been written. They're, they're all playing the live set. Oh, nice. The live set is, uh, yeah, but all the tracks are written. They just need to be put down mm. um, in the studio. But everything's it's, written. And so is there a similar variation between the first two singles and this most recent one? Um, yeah, well, everything, I guess, is psyche in nature. Mm. Like, everything is going to be sort of coded in reverb and delay and phasers and stuff. But I guess the difference is some are a bit less intensity and some are a bit heavier and high intensity. So that that's, that's what it comes down to. Like, everything is going to have that sort of psychedelic element to it but like the first two tracks some are going to be a bit more sort of light or a bit more sort of ethereal i guess and then mm-hmm. some will be a bit heavier a bit more in your face um and i try and those are two things that i've always loved like i've always really loved you know like boards of canada and like that super like ambient like psych rock and then super heavy punk as well like ty siegel and the ocs and stuff like that so those are big sort of influences from both sides. And I try and find a middle ground with everything, trying to just take in as many influences and pull through as many sounds as I can. Mm. Cause that's always like a big thing for me. I really like just experimenting and stuff. So, And lastly, if, if you only had a few words to describe your latest single toxic human, which few words would you use? I'd say like energetic is a big one. I wouldn't say heavy, but I'd say like, in, to an, an extent, heavy, you know, uh, energetic, heavy, psychedelic, I guess. Mm. Probably, it's probably the three I'd go with. Sweet. Well, thanks for joining me, Yusuf. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been great. Thank you very much. Today's world is more competitive. Challenges are more complex. Industries more rapidly changing. Employers more demanding. You need to think bigger, act faster, work smarter. And to do it, you need to be more than skilled, more than relevant, more than qualified, more than confident, more than employable. Become more with the University of Southern Queensland, the number one uni for graduate employment in Queensland. Apply now at usq.edu.au.